the being touched me recently and gave me a word. The word was this, divine intervention. Spiritual intervention. Normal intervention. Divine intervention means that which is foreknown and predestinated. It'd be in here. Spiritual intervention means blowing up like a volcano. And a lot of times these natural things proclaim the spiritual. And natural intervention means get ready for the Lord to begin to intervene in, in your natural lives. Uh, divine intervention. Have you ever read in scripture where he says, I'm going to shake everything? See, that's foreknown and predestinated. In Hebrews. Don't look that over. Because either his, he's going to shake everything off of you that isn't his. So this shaking is so that you can be brought to a higher level of maturity. And then you're going to begin to explode like a volcano. I was thinking of this one in Alaska. I believe there's a parable of what's going to happen in the body of Christ. I believe you're getting ready to come forth in power. And normal intervention is uh, what you take for granted. It's not going to be normal anymore. I don't think your weather pattern is going to be normal unless you say so. I don't think anything around you is going to be normal unless you say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The Lord has given you all authority and if he's shaken everything off of you that can be shaken, what remains is him. And his authority that he's given you. So you know who he's given all power down here to? You. Well, haven't you come forth in it? Because you've been too immature. And had too much on you that didn't belong to him. So. This uh, scripture you shared. In 1 Corinthians 2.4. Many years ago he spoke to me. Out of 1 Corinthians 2.6. I'll ask the question. How many people here. Has been saved over 25 years. You really need to look at this scripture. Any of you that's been saved over 25 years, you're not novices anymore. You're on a level of maturity where you are to begin to say so. And when you come together, you are to begin to say so. So it's speaking about when you that have reached a, a level of maturity, when you come together, a higher wisdom is imparted. 
And I believe that y'all have come. Hear what Barham said about it. It's time that you begin to do the things. Why haven't you been doing it? Because it's been too immature and too much of the world on us. That world is getting ready to be shaken off. Then we have the say. If all of these hands I saw raised come together, a higher wisdom would be imparted, a higher understanding. In the last 25 years, how many chances have you people had to fall away? <laughs> but you didn't. You're here tonight. Therefore, you have been tried. What's getting ready to come forth is those who have been tried about every way they could. They've been wounded about every way they could. They've got healed in many different ways. And there are not that many in the body of Christ. I was sort of shocked at how many you were. In Nehemiah 11, 1 and 2, it speaks about bring 110 into Jerusalem. And blesses those that willingly live in Jerusalem. You that raise your hands, uh, you've been living in Jerusalem. You're one in ten. And Jerusalem means what's getting ready to happen, you stay in double peace. When I walked in here tonight, I picked one spirit up that's tried a lot of you, and it's called anxiety. And that's sin on your part. Because that's going to get shaken off you. So don't let these newscasters, all these other things, get you into anxiety. But let it shake the world off you to where you get into faith. Now, in Jerusalem, one out of ten in Israel was brought there to live. Mount Zion is one-tenth of Jerusalem. I don't know how many of you are getting ready to come forth, but one out of a hundred is matured in the body of Christ to such a level now that when you come together, one or two of you come together, the Lord's going to be in the midst of you to do the things of this power you're talking about. This power we're talking about here really is coming forth of God's government. The, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastor and the teacher coming together to equip the church. Zion is those that's been burned out. They don't even have the energy to do religion anymore. They'd actually rather watch a football game and go do something that's religious. So in a religious thing he's doing, it's an eternal thing. So get ready for shaking in every way. 
For he's warned you he would. Now he's getting ready to do it. When he does, it's so that you can take over. When the shaking started in Egypt, Joseph took everything over and gave it to his master. It's time that you really get a vision of of taking over entire towns. And when you come together, you ought to ask for an old for an entire town. When you gave, you just gave us an offering. How many of you put a demand on that offering? You gave it according to Scripture. But you did you put a demand on it? Bonnie, would you tell them about the demand? Last September, we did some ministry up in uh, Spindale, I think it is. And um, after afterwards, the people took us to their home and, and gave us lunch and uh, gave Bob a, a gold coin. And Bob told the man to put a demand on that coin, so he, you know, on his giving. So he prayed and he asked God, uh, he put his demand on, asking God for his daughter, for her to be restored, her mental health to be restored. Bipolar. So when, let's see, that was September... Uh, just before Christmas, we went to the church again and, and uh, for the Christmas program. And afterwards, we went out to dinner, and the fella asked us, Do you remember my demand? And I remember it was something for his family. He said, Well, the girl sitting right across from him was his daughter. He said, That's the one I put the demand on. She was healed of bipolar. And she, for the last 15 years, she's been in and out of a mental hospital. So, you know, she was totally healed. The doctors are like, you know, this is making medical history because you're never really healed from that. She's off all of her medication. So it's really what, you know, it's not just finances. I know several months ago my daughter had gone through a divorce and she needed a a home to live in for, you know, a house for her and her three children. And it had to be within 15 minutes of their school. And... She looked for a couple months, and I even went to Ohio and helped her and could not find her, what she could afford. And the one morning, I, like, rose out of bed, you know, just, I'm telling the devil, you get your hands off my daughter. I mean, I, would, I come out, it was like in my spirit, but I come up, and I was saying, you get your hand off my daughter. You know, I'm tired of, I've been sowing into her life, you know, in spiritually and financially, but I was really telling him to back off. And then I said, God, where is my daughter's house? She called me a couple hours later, and she said, Mom, I've got the house. It's a half mile from their school. It's within the price range of what she could afford, the exact amount that she could afford. You know, I mean, there's just other things in that, but it's favor. So, you know, it's really putting a demand on what what you're depending on, you know, what you're, what you're needing, you know, everything that you need, God has. But we need to, we need to know what that is and ask for it. Amen. Expect it. Ask with mm-hmm. confident expectations. Yeah. For you put a demand on God's word. He said it. Put a demand on it because he wants you to put a demand on it. Well, you get it. If you sow, you have a right to reap. 
So many of you sowed much but never reaped anything. Your time is sowing. Whatever you're doing is sowing. Put a demand on it. Why don't we take five minutes for you to pray what you want to put a demand on? And then put a demand on it. Now, this man didn't need money. He needed other things. So, with God, whatever you have a need of, put a demand on it. <clears throat> and take it to Him. But from now on, when you're giving your time, your money, or anything else to further the kingdom, put a demand on that because we need to reap. We need to reap and not only finances, but souls. For he's told me that he's going to take entire towns. That's a good thing to put a demand on. Mooresville would be really good if you had a 100% Christian here. And it can happen. So let's take at least five minutes or more. Don't be in a hurry. And really pray what you have a need of the greatest. Okay, let's go to the Lord. I'm going to tell you what I put a demand on. I put a demand on this 1 Corinthians 2 6. For Lord, I've served you a long time in the body of Christ. I want now want apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, teachers coming forward in a unity. Because the reason the body of Christ has not been consistent in signs and wonders is that it didn't have a government behind it to build it. We need that so that your power comes continually. What we've had up to now is individuals moving into power and we exalt them to where they get killed. But if you've got a government, you can be consistent in power continually. And you see there, it's God's will that you move in power continually. And the reason we are not is we lift individuals up too much. But if you're lifting up the government of God, then you can be totally consistent in the signs and the wonders. So I've saw awesome signs and wonders in the past. I've saw the dead raised. I saw many. But I have never been consistent. I wasn't in sin. I... Sometimes when I had, I felt the least anointings when I did the greatest. Everything that I did, every one of you are capable of doing the same thing. For it's going to happen in the body, but they need a covering. A canopy over them. Where nobody gets the credit for what the Holy Spirit's doing. Amen. Then you have consistency in the body. Then you can take it to our towns. I put a demand on another thing. On September the 3rd of 1983, I saw high praise. The Shabbat that brought in the glory of God. Angel activity like you've never seen before. I saw when the praise come, there was a person there that had been in a wheelchair for 22 years, totally paralyzed, got up and began to dance. I saw all manner of healing, signs, and wonders. I saw the oil run off of people's hands for days. I saw a revival in Collinsville, Illinois, like I haven't seen since then.
it didn't have a government over it. It really exploded and was beautiful. But it fell back down when people tried to take credit for it. I put a demand. I want to see it where people don't take credit for, but give credit to the Holy Spirit and to God. So that's what I'm putting a demand on. That's where my time has been spent. That a body of Christ would come with a canopy, an apostolic canopy. And that when I come into meetings like this, this high praise would come, one step and another. And it reaches a Shabbat. And the glory of God comes. And angel activity uh, was so rapid that uh, I actually talked to one of them. What are you doing here? He said, we're commanded to come where there's praise. I said, um, you got to give me a scripture on that. He said, Hebrews 1.6. No, this is how accurate they were. When you get into that kind of praise here, uh, then people are no longer going to leave here. They come here to get healed, unhealed. Because you've got a government, and that government stands for God, and God is behind it. And that's what he said. So we need to put a demand on his written word. It's time that what we sow we reap. A hundred, a thousand fold. So you can continue to give. In this shaky time, so many of you are a little bit worried about now with that anxiety flowing in you. Put a demand on these things where you have that which gives in the time. For the Lord is looking for those that he can trust. For uh, One of the things he's going to want you to do is get a food bank here. And I think you already do, don't you? Okay. Also put money into a, a fund to pay for Christians that's lost their jobs. Pay for their utilities. And some of you that's going to keep your job... When you need something done on around your house or something, get a Christian to do it that's in your fellowship. Hire them. When you're doing this, you're sowing in your own field. There's so much sowing and everything else on this television and everything else. When you sow in their field, they're going to have a harvest. You ain't going to have anything. You need to sow in your own field. This is your own field. And then you can put a demand on it. Put a demand on your lives. For we're at a time that's not ever been like this before. We're in a shaky time, and we ought to rejoice at the shaking. For with this, you'll begin to see. The perfection ministries come forth that will begin to perfect the body of Christ in the way it should have been. We've had enough faults. We're getting ready for the true. And what the Lord says in the Logos word of God, you have a right to put a demand on it when you give 
in obedience to that. Humility is obeying the written word of God. But humility is also obedience to what you hear. And when you're obedient to what you hear, faith will then produce whatever you say. Because you'll hear what, the, what comes out of the mouth of the Father. And when you do, and you proclaim it, it releases. It has enough faith in it to accomplish that what he sent you to speak. So it's going to be according to the written word. And I think it's time that, Lord, we're putting the ban on this. The kingdom of heaven suffered violent, and the violent or the desperate take it before us, and it's time we do. So, it's a time that we get a vision from taking over. Joseph took over the whole world because he had that wisdom behind him. We're talking about this same wisdom here. We're talking about a new freedom, a new deliverance. But it'll be a, according to the amount you sow. Whatever you sow, you have a right to reap many, many times that. And all of you have got time. If you don't have money, you've got time you can sow. When you begin to pray and you begin to intercede, you're sowing. Everything you're doing in the kingdom of God is sowing. So if you put a demand on your intercession, you have a right to see it come to pass. Ask that your joy may be full. If you don't have enough faith to ask for the state, then just ask for the city you live in first. I want this city saved. The word of rays will go out from it. What he said in here, every one of you have the ability to hear for yourself. To where that power that he speaks about is available to everyone that's born again. If you've been born again, that's the hardest thing to get done. <laughs> this signs and wonders and miracles, they're really easy after you've been born again. If you're born again, you're born in the kingdom that's got power in it. And it's time that you begin to have the say. You've got about 2% of homosexuals that's running this nation along with about 2% atheists. Where's the church at? If you want four, more than 4%, we're really in bad shape. It's time that you get a vision of taking over. By the way, pray for Obama continually. Because if I believe that the enemies have put him in there to kill him to order to destroy the United States. So let's stop that. You have the authority to stop it. Let's pray for his protection continually. Because the Lord is allowed to come in to put him to shame. And those that call him Messiah, let's see what they're calling him a few months from now. Because that's a dangerous thing when you start calling somebody else God except God. Amen. Let's keep him alive. You have to say, I think big money's put him in there. And if the United States had these riots and everything in it, 
then we stand a chance of actually coming down. We aren't the enemy's target, Israel is. If we can be broken, then they'll have a clear shot at Israel and the Third World War would start. In time. So that ought to motivate you to pray it and keep him alive. And let's see who the liberals talk about uh, two years from now. This was a shaking that we needed. Some of the things he's doing is really going to shake the church. I'd like to see the church get so angry they couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> get so jealous against what the enemy's doing. We're in for a change from complacency to activity. A divine intervention into the affairs of man. A spiritual intervention into the affairs of man. This volcano I'm talking about is going to come forth. It's going to come forth not up here, out there. To where out of your mouth will begin to spew awesome power. Your mouth will literally become like a portal to where the fire of God comes out. Normal. It's going to happen in government and everything. Divine intervention into the affairs of man for many years on uh, January the 15th and 16th I was told to go before the Lord in a round table like the round table of the prophets Bobby Connors went this year before the Lord too and we did last year so when he comes here he'll probably be sharing something that he got which is awesome but Bonnie and I went there this started in Moravian Falls in 94. 95, the John G. Lake Healing Rooms was birthed again. So when you begin to put a demand on things, it always started with healings and praise. The first thing I think you're going to begin to see is your women are going to quit being second class citizens and become right alongside of you. For it's the year of the woman and the woman come alongside. It's the year that the woman really begins to get active. Jill Austin, which was a prophetess, she went home recently. Michael Ann Gall went home recently. You know what they did when they got there? Hebrews thirteen seventeen. They gave a report to the Father what's holding back the women down here. You're going to see women ministries come forth this year like you've never seen before. Uh, we need the women praising. We need them prophesying because women naturally are inspired right-brained that's why they can pray according to God's will we need them coming along beside the men so that the man can be whole the woman came from the man and I believe when she came from the man the Lord took I believe the inspired right-brained took a lot of the heart and the whole womb 
We need that to come together where we got new life. So it's a time that we get a vision for new life. I believe it's a time that you sisters need to get together yourselves and have your conferences. You can invite uh, us if you wanted to. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't shut them down when they begin to do certain things. A woman is 17 times more emotional than a man. And therefore she can be compassionate like you wouldn't believe. So when the Holy Spirit starts moving, especially in his praise, you'll able to hear women begin to weep. Join them. Don't stop them. For they will sense it before you will. Most men are left-brained. Therefore we're skilled. But it's time that we really need these women to come together and begin to proclaim what's coming out of the Father's mouth that they'll get by revelation. For intercession is changing. Up to now you've been beggars. It's time now you begin to be proclaimers. You're a beggar when you're immature and like a slave. But when you come to a level of maturity, just like I saw all kind of hands here. You don't really have any excuses. You've been in the body of Christ a long time. It's time you begin to have the sayings to the devil. It's the time that we need the sisters to come together because out of the mouth of the Father shall come the revelation and it will come down in the Holy Spirit which will speak to our spirit, our conscience and it will come right up here and we proclaim it. We need to have those that can proclaim over a whole town. If you don't have that much faith then proclaim it over your house or your family. But you that do, let's go for the towns. You know, as he was speaking, what I was seeing too is in this church, um, I'm going to say women, but I feel it's everybody coming forth in um, uh, the arts. And I saw crafts, also mm -hmm. dance and flags. I don't know if you have, I don't even know what they call it, except the people that wave flags. But I know there's a real art to that. And that's why I saw there's like a... a a new birthing of that the women coming forth in that and advancing uh, and I see the children doing the same thing oh amen so what we're getting ready for we've never seen before you're getting ready to see Zion and if you study it all of his springs are in Zion and those that have been burned out Christians, that are burned out to religion and to control of man, they're going to come forth. And in the 87th Psalm, I believe it is, 
And the Lord himself will register their deed in heaven. So get ready for the last will and testimony of your brother to be read and signed over to you. You know what he signed over to you? Everything. You know it's signed in blood. It's the new covenant. It's the new testament. It was signed over to you. The reason you haven't taken it, you've been too immature. But now the Holy Spirit is saying, you've got enough maturity here to begin to take it. So through the years, on this January the 16th, uh, I've set myself aside to see what he would speak because I saw it would be like the round table of the prophets. And the instructions would be how to uh, overcome the enemy. So I'm going to begin to share with you what I got. The first thing I heard this year was anger. People will lose so much that a spirit of anger will rise up and the unsaved, their kingdom will be destroyed. You aren't entitled to this anger. Anger over a length of time. Anger comes in up here as flash. So if you've got flash points of anger, then you get rid of them. Put a guard over that. But if you've got an anger in you, and it gets down into your spirit, you're not going to be able to get it out. Then you're going to need the church to get it out. You see, he's saying here, these are the unsaved. who Their kingdom is going to be destroyed. Everything they work for is going down. They're losing their gods. The judgment is against the gods of this nation. It's not against your God. He's the one that's doing the judging. And you're the one that can set people free from a spirit of anger that's got into their spirit. And once you do, what do you think is going to happen to them? They're going to find a different God. They're going to find your God. So get ready for deliverances on a scale like you've never seen before. Because a lot of people are going to become so angry they think they're entitled to things and they're going to lose them. This is your greatest hour. You know when Winston Churchill said that? When London was leveled. This is the hour that the real church comes forth. The church that's coming forth will not be in walls. It will be outside the walls. Religion is what's been keeping it down. The Lord's watchmen shall raise up and reveal the enemy and his plans before the enemy is able to attack. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The religious spirit has come among you to spy out your liberties. But you shall discern his activity and have authority over the tormentor. You will actually taunt him like Jesus did. This is year we'll discern what is holding back breakthrough from the body of Christ. The religious spirit is coming down and the spirit of truth is replacing him. Forewarned is forearmed. Those who torment the enemy and drive him from his stronghold shall come forth. Zechariah, the first chapter, uh, the 20th and 21st verse. The Lord showed me four smiths, or workmen, one for each enemy horn, to beat it down. Then said I, what are these horns or smiths coming to do? And he said, these are the horns or powers that scattered Judah so that no man lifted up his head. But these smiths, our workmen, have come to terrorize them and cause them to be panic-stricken 
and to cast out the horns of the powers of the nation who lived up the horn against the land of Judah. Terrorized and panic-stricken. You know, it's time that you become holy terrors. <laughs> These four horns here, I've preached this many times in the last 20 years. The four horns that's kept the body of Christ beat down are principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions. They're over entire areas. There's demonic activity over entire areas. Sometimes it goes out as far as 35 miles in every direction. <clears throat> There's four smiths that's raising up to beat down the four enemy horns. What if they were heavenly principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions? What if you activated the heavens? The words that proceed out of the mouth of the Father, they have the ability in Matthew sixteen nineteen, when you proclaim it, of shutting up the second heaven totally, the enemy, putting him to rout. And also, you have the ability, when the Father wants to lose something on earth, and you proclaim it, it does. So it's a year that we begin to say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Terrorize the enemy. Panic stricken. Do you notice here? It was Judah that he was doing this to. Get ready for praise. To come on level like you've never seen before. Get ready for the line of Judah to show up. And don't be content with just these up here. Every one of you got a place to part to play in this. You should get into this praise. You should become a holy terror wherever you go. And you should panic strict the enemy. Because you've got a principality that is far beyond anything that the enemy's got. Principality a power. What you were saying. Power. Kingdom of God is not word, it's power. Principality power. Thrones. Thrones that go out thirty five miles. And dominion. Some that's over into our states. It's time that we go to war and begin to take back what we willingly give to the devil. And these arts she's talking about, we give them away about 1900. And the enemy's used them ever since to his advantage. Now let's take the arts and the crafts back. Those that's been with the Lord over 25 years. Those who have wrestled with God like Jacob did shall have their hip touch which is their commitment in our weakness will he be made strong maybe we've been too strong of mind and not weak enough get ready to limp but I think many of you your wrestling's over I don't think you got any choice <laughs> but when your hip is it that hip means commitment to God so commit your life to Him. And let's change things. The almond tree shall bloom and bring forth their fruit. The Lord shall reveal uh, uh, of whom He approves of. His leadership like Aaron's rod did. That's what we're talking about. Whom do the Lord approve? He approves what He spoke up in Scripture. 
He approves of his government representing his government down here. His government is his principalities, powers, thrones, and dominion over everything. The reason that I... I was told to have the round table of the prophets. I think it was 84, 85, I don't remember exactly. I saw white trees in bloom. And it was January the 16th. I was in the high mountains of Lancaster, California. We went down into the valley and I saw white trees in bloom. And I said, what are these? And they told me they were almond trees. The almond tree is the first bloomers. You over 25ers, you're first bloomers. You're not going to be able to come here and be comfortable and sit out anymore. You're going to have to get up and get active. Because you're going to have the same. So, when this almond rod was laid in the ark, it was to really reveal God's true leadership. The shaking that's going on is going to shake out that which is the counterfeit and the hireling. And what's left is going to be his real, true leadership. Each one having his place in God's army. So this almond rod laid in the ark, it budded, it bloomed, and it brought forth fruit. I think some of you are going to be late bloomers. And most of the late bloomers, I believe, will be those that's over 60. Some of you are going to bud. But this is a year that you that have really been doing something, that you bring forth fruit. Because God is going to make a way for you. So three things. Bud, bloom, and bring forth fruit. I believe that this is also the season that you can look forward to. Almond tree has bloomed. I mean, the bud has come. I believe the bloom will take place even now. But I think the fruit will come in September. And you don't need to wait for it. You need to begin to believe it and get active in it now. Because it will be harvest time. And in the meantime, I think everything that's going to go on is to reveal whom he approves of. And he approves of those that's been with him a long time. He's been tried, tested, proven. He's been wounded many, many times. He got healed. And have even lost a vision sometime for church, but they still love the Lord. Need to bring them back in here. Because there's an army raising up that's going to terrorize the gates of hell and put them to panic-stricken as the Lord did. This is year the elderly will go bankrupt trying to support their children. Their children will fight over their inheritance before they have any. Don't try to fix the fix God is fixing. Let them be accountable for their own debts.
Well, that's what he said. <laughs> I have a Well, sometimes the children make debts and they want daddy and mama to bail them out. No, we need to be accountable for the own decisions we make. That's what he gave me. And he gave Bunny quite a bit too. So let her share hers now. He calls it the round table of the prophets. I call it the table of the round prophets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first time I had to go to one of these meetings, they all looked rather portly. So anyhow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, first I saw an open heaven. And what I heard was that when they make a report and the body is submissive, He'll move on their behalf. So it's really out of our obedience when he speaks, he's going to move. Okay, we must watch our footing. There are many traps. What looks good can easily be a trap. And good is the enemy of the best, so we must use good, godly discernment. What I saw was like quicksand, and we we were walking on quicksand. Um... We had to watch our footing because sometimes, you know, where we're walking, it looks really good, but the enemy has a, a trap set for us. So, you know, we really have to use good discernment. Can I share with them how you get out of quicksand? In Arkansas, where I came from, is quicksand in the rivers. The horses, when they crossed the river, drank as they walked. When you get into quicksand... You put one foot down as you lift the other one up. You never sit down. You never stand still. You keep moving till you get to the other side of the river. So I think this is a good word saying, you better set your course. I'm not going to stop. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to keep moving one foot after another because you lift one foot up before it sinks very far and you put the other one down. And if you do, you'll get to the other side of the river. This is the year we call down fire from heaven to destroy the abominations of Astra. This is the year many climb the mountain of God looking for me and find me. Explain who Astra is. (laughs) Idols. Yeah, sex god. United States worship sex. She coming down. How would you like me to give you a raw example? You lock up this old bull in a pen for three days and he hadn't ate. Then he got this good looking young cow out there and he put her in a corral with him. And he opened let the old bull out. He'd go eat before he goes to her. This is your eating is going to be more important than sex. Amen. (laughs) Okay, well, as loved ones go home, their hearts are flooded with with his presence and in the absence of their loved ones. It's like that recently... 
fact, about three weeks ago, I'd lost my mother, but <laughs> I miss her. I really, truly miss her, but I have such joy in my heart because I know where she is. And, Amen. you know, God was just so good in, in, I'm the only one that lives away from, you know, where she did. She lives in Ohio, so, you know, he just brought everything together. All of us kids could be together. She prayed over all of us, uh, her bloodline, and he was just awesome. So my siblings are really sad, and I mean, there's a part of me that's sad, but I'm really rejoicing, and I know that's what my mother wanted, was us to be happy, you know, so, and that's what I think he was saying. Maybe that was just personal to me, but I think there is a real rejoicing. Amen. This is a year resurrection power supersedes Satan's plan of death for many. My power in faith devour Satan's antics. Ones will arise out of the West to bring forth the new move of God. A fresh wind blows. The fresh wind will blow upon my people and shower them with unnatural, unprecedented blessings. My cup runneth over to those who are faithful in me. No longer will the saved be brave in me. They will move in such power in my authority the church will be riddled with extreme prophetic assemblance. And that'd be like on the day of Pentecost, how the people came together in assembly. My power rises up this year in the faithful of the faithful when they pray according to my will and I meet their request with fire. I, flan I fan the flames this year. No longer will man faint but stand armed strong in revelation power of me. Uh, in Matthew three eleven and 12 the Lord has his fan and he's going to fan the flame and what he's cleaning there is the threshing floor so he's cleaning you up for one purpose harvest Now go to the closet, says God, and prepare the manifest in me. Today I blast the prophets with prophetic insight and revelation of Papa's love. I anoint them to sing my song in harmony with me. The true prophets will move in resurrection power. The false will not. I just have to say, when the Lord speaks, see, I think I'm just too dumb to get it. So when he speaks, I just write. So that's why I just read what he what he gives me because I can't talk like Bob does okay you will see a reckoning of the sexes this year many have knelt a knee to the branch in years past this year they bow to the tree now I felt that the Lord was speaking of people who have really uh, knelt to the idols of their own heart you know a lot of it has been money you know it kind of proves with the economy this year but this year they're going to bow to the tree of life and come into unity with the Lord. Okay, again the Lord says, come into my presence, come into the, my glory in me. Dominion shatter, says God, as I set forth my manna in praise. To look upon the almond tree and live is death to the soul. My true saints come forth this year in power evangelism, guarding my glory as the presence of my glory is with them. I just feel the Lord's really going to move in power through his saints this year. And 
like Bob was speaking earlier, that it's as we speak in obedience to what he's saying, the power is just going to radiate from us, and um, the glory will be... I think we're going to see the glory in a way that we've never... I, people talk about the glory, but I don't think we really know what we're talking about. But we're really going to experience it, and I'm waiting. I've waited a long time for it. <laughs> I've saw it. In the early years, I saw it. That'll undo you like you've nothing has ever undone you before. <laughs> uh, when that glory comes, you'll be lucky to get people off the floor in a day or two. So they don't, they're not going to want to get up. I'm telling you, the, the glory is awesome. It's like the white clouds in the evening when the sun's behind them where they just shine. Only everything does, including you. They're like the coals of fire when it's no longer red but white. That's what it looks like. You're getting ready for that. And anything in you that will burn will burn. And that which will not burn will come forth into purity. In a spirit of holiness, like she said. Uh, there are things that I was told that I would see before I went home. That's one of them. No longer does the hand of the Shulamite woman quiver and shake. She walks in resurrection power in me. Her words are soft spoken, but very powerful. She moves mountains with only a whisper. Her tongue is riddled with my glory, and power flows from her hands. The honey flows from the honeycomb this year. I smite the giants in the land and bring forth the honey from the rock of salvation. Those giants, principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions. Said I'm going to take them down this year with a higher authority. Only one third of the angels fell. Two thirds didn't. And they're far higher. I hear my bride as she whispers. I hear my bride as she prays. Her whispers are upon my heart forever etched is the memory of her praise. Her heart beats one with mine, says God, as I prepare the wedding feast. It's a time for jubilation, says God, as I set the captives free. Now come into the closet and praise me, says God. See the real reality of hope arise. And it was several times the Lord was speaking there to, you know, to come into the closet. And I feel it's a time of, uh, what I've noticed in myself, it's a time of intercession. But it's a time of waiting on the Lord to really quiet myself and, and, and hear what he has to say. I ask him, God, what is on your mind? What is on your heart? What would you have me pray with you and for you? And as he, as I'm just quiet and listen, then he gives it to me and I'm able to declare that. And, and his word will go forth. And that's what 
I have to do this because, you know, Bob does this. <clears throat> Can I do that? Sure. I said, this is the Everybody Shulamite should. woman. See, the Shulamite woman. That's the way the Holy woman, Spirit waves. It's Bob's waves. been doing the Shulamite woman for years. But what's it say? Let's see. But it says her hand, the Shulamite woman, okay, it does no, and no longer is it going to quiver or shake. It's going to come forth in power. Yeah, that's, that's me. That's the power. <laughs> so, you know, and it's it's a whisper. Her whisper is she's the body of Christ. She's the bride, and she is going to bring forth deliverance with just a whisper. She's going to move those mountains, those obstacles that have stood in the way. She's going to say, move, and they're going to move. But she can whisper that move because it's coming from from his heart, out her mouth, and it's it's going to be powerful. So... It's the year of the woman. It is, so all of us old ladies got to get up and yeah. move it, move it, move it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she and I was uh, called beautiful. Uh, she was black, which means beautiful. I believe the beautiful ones are coming forth this year. And that's our sisters taking their rightful place in the ranks of the army of God. Uh, the economy will not be as bad as some thinks, but it'll be, it won't be as good as others think. Uh, prayer closet. How will the church handle judgment? Uh, get into Isaiah 26 I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me when the judgments of God are in the land men learn righteousness so the wicked prosper yet will he not turn from his wickedness Isaiah 11 12 other masters have reigned over you but now they will no longer reign over you other priorities and other things have had you bound and imprisoned. This is a year you get set free from everything so that you can serve Him. And now her word on coming to the prayer closet is uh, Isaiah twenty six twenty. Come, my people, enter into your prayer closet until my anger is past. This is a year, and really the strongest I've ever seen in intercessors were women. And it's because they got families to continually pray for. Don't stop. Just put a demand on your time when you pray. And it's time that we come alongside of you and begin to pray with you. In Isaiah 21, it tells why he's so angry. Innocent blood shed on the land, abortion. So one of the main judgments against us is abortion. And it's an innocent land, innocent blood. And therefore the church needs to come into the closet until God's anger is over. But this year will be a year of hell to the unsaved. They're putting their faith in everything except God. They're putting their faith in government and bailouts and everything else. The only thing that's going to work is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the working of the cross in us. 
like I said, I've picked up anxiety here. I think you're going to nail it at the cross and leave it there. When the judgments of God are in the land, men learn righteousness. So get ready for righteousness to return to the body of Christ. Because that which is keeping the body of Christ in unrighteousness, getting ready for the fire of God to burn out the unrighteousness so what remains is righteous. In the 19th Psalm, it says, The judgment's got to be desired more than gold. Fine gold, sweeter are they, the honey and the honeycomb. By them, you are instructed, and your unknown sins are revealed. We need to know what's holding back God's blessings. And in this, your presumptions. So many people believe they are working for God, and they're presuming in a religious spirit so they just volunteer to do everything without hearing for themselves get on your knees and obey be quick to hear and quicker to obey and quit volunteer for things that you don't feel an impression to he does not appreciate what he does not initiate and I find it uh, people are able to persuade me to do things that he hadn't told me to do and he's been telling me where I've been presumptuous at I think that once we get into presumption and think we start working for God instead of working with him we work for him as a slave we work with him as a friend John fifteen fifteen. and I think we ought to take a little bit more time seeing what he wants us to do and then when he showed us, be quick to respond, quick to do it. But when we do it with God, it's going to happen. When these judgments are here, I think you're going to see the sweetness of the honeycomb again. And this fine gold again. But we need our unknown sins revealed. And that will be revealed when the glory of his light comes. And you'll shed them like an onion shedding its outer coat. Or a potato's peeling. And it'll happen nearly instantly. And then we'll wait before God. For him to initiate in us. And we will proclaim it in agreement. As two witnesses in agreement. And it'll take place. One righteous person in agreement with God could take Mooresville. At Jeremiah 5.1 I will pardon Jerusalem for one righteous man. And this is a year the righteous come forth. The Zion. There's four great judgments coming on America this year. And you aren't entitled to any of them. As I'm saying, some of you that come here with anxiety tonight, you need to repent of sin. Because anxiety is that you get anxious over yourself. So you're going to have to get rid of this anxiety. It's, it actually is a spirit. Five minutes of anxiety is harder than digging ditches. Eight hours. Five minutes of anxiety, you've got to go take a nap. You're so tired. You're not entitled to it. The second judgment is fear. 
And the Lord has been speaking to all of you over and over in the last few years that I'm going to deliver you out of all your fears. Fear I can describe this best way is having a great big devil and a little bitty God. So it's time that you let God deliver you out of your fears. It's time you begin to let God deliver you out of your options. That means some of you still have an option at different times of going the wrong way. It's time you let Him deliver you out of that so that you have no fears. The third thing is depression. Every one of these things can kill you. Depression lays over the back of your head. And it... uh, Stops your electrical charges to your brain. Where the yarmulke sets is where all five of your senses are. You need every one of those senses to discern what the enemy is doing. Depression is drinking from the bottle of self-pity and blame-shifting. If you got things wrong with you, don't blame another for it. Own your sin and take it to the cross and be rid of it. You're going to have to own your sin before God can forgive you of it. But once you own it and you go to Him, then don't let the enemy condemn you any longer. Once you've owned it and you've gone there and you've asked forgiveness, you have no intention of ever going back. Then the enemy many times will bring condemnation. I've seen him do it over and over to people. And they were totally clean with God. He didn't even have them on the books. None of their sins was recorded there. This is a year that godly sorrow is going to come up before God. And he is going to grant repentance to the body of Christ. To where they've not been faithful to him. To where the, the sins that has kept the body of Christ from serving him like a good wife. Her sins will become ashes underneath her feet. And she won't even recognize that she was even there any longer. So. <clears throat> depression. Is one of the strongest things against the body of Christ. All five of your senses were given so that you could have impressions coming into your mind. Uh, I'll use it like this. You can hear with your nose. If I had a loaf of hot bread... And I showed it to you in front of your eyes. What would you see? If your eyes were closed. And I said I have a loaf of hot bread. In front of you. What would you see? What if your ears were closed. And your eyes were closed. And I put a loaf of hot bread underneath your nose. What would you see? If I took a piece of this hot bread 
and all the other three wasn't working, and I put it in your mouth, what would you see? If all four of your other senses wasn't working, and you had your hand out, and I put this loaf of hot bread in your hands, what would you see? This is how you see. You see with all five senses that God gave you. You sanctify them. You prophesy out of them. You discern out of them. You taste and see that the Lord is good out of them. And a thing that's been trained in the churches, you can't trust feelings. I'm telling you, you've got to trust feelings. You've got to become acquainted in the way the Holy Spirit moves. When I come in here, one of the first things I felt was a wind. It says his angels are winds. So there's plenty of angel activity here. Uh, at different times, get ready for an incense to come in your midst. Second uh, Corinthians uh, two fourteen fifteen. Uh, a pleasant aroma to the nostrils of the Father, coming out of the kingdom within you. Uh, taste. A lot of times in your taste, you taste gold. It's got a taste silver. And other times, when somebody's saying something, you get a sour taste in your mouth. It means spit it out. And then all of a sudden, when you have a feeling of compassion come on you for somebody, then go and let that compassion touch that individual. Sometimes it's guilt, and sometimes one of the greatest things you can give is just go tell somebody, Jesus loves you and I love you. Anyone can do that. Other times you feel impressed that this person is going through a hard time, uh, go help them financially. Or just encourage them. But the body of Christ is one body. Then it can feel one another's infirmities. It can see one another's bad side. It can hear what's wrong. It can smell what's wrong. And it can feel what needs to happen. You need to begin to let these five senses come into you where you discern. And know where the body's at. So, depression is not optional. A long time ago, about 40 years ago, I quit drinking. I got beautifully saved in the Baptist church. And I gave up drinking and stealing and a few other things. And I would have a dream at night to where I would be drunk again. And I'd be in the bars again. And I'd wake up and I'd say, no, Lord. I meant what I promised you. I'll never drink again. So, again, uh, the next night I'd have a dream. I was back in the bars, naked. Uh... Uh, visual aids <laughs> <laughs> it continued for nearly a month and I was crying out Lord what is this I don't understand it what is this 
I had a dream. And I was in the bar, naked, drunk, passed out on the floor, in a cigarette butt and a puke and all that there slop beer where it slopped over me. And I'm thinking, no, Lord, this is not me. I don't know what's going on, but this is not me. You know, sometimes you can see yourself in two places. I was watching me. And all of a sudden, the Lord come in and said to the angels, lift him up, wash him off, put him on a clean pamper, and take him home and put him to bed. I'm going to talk. So the angels did that, and the Lord come and says, you've been drunk for a month. I said, I don't understand, Lord, because I'm not drinking anymore. He said, for one month you've been depressed. And depression is like drunkenness. When you pray out of depression, you pray negative. You don't love me anymore, do you, Lord? I'm just not any good, Lord. Nobody loves me. I have never done anything right. Not anything going to go right for me. I'm a born failure. I just uh, uh, didn't have it made. I'm not beautiful like people. I wasn't born to a rich, a rich person. <laughs> I mean, this is what yeah. you blame shield. Right. Right. The Lord said, that is spiritual drunkenness. And I don't listen to drunks. Now, you want to, me to hear you. Then you get over that depression and you pray to me and I'll hear you. But I'm not going to listen to any drunk person rambling. So, if you've been nipping the bottle, quit it. <laughs> if you hadn't been getting your way, so what? If you're serving him, then he's getting his ways, which far greater. The last one is panic. Panic, by the way, depression closes all your electricity down to your organ, your heart, your brain. It can freeze you and kill you. But the last one is the worst. And this is where you're going to be needed. Panic. I've noticed that there's always a lot of Christians in the hospital on a Sunday afternoon with a heart attack when there's nothing wrong with their heart. What they're having is a panic attack. And panic attack is when you get so self-centered, you get so frightened, you nearly quit breathing. Panic will absolutely kill you. It's when you freeze. I remember having a panic attack about 39 years ago. As I said, I was beautifully saved. And it was about, I'd say, uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, whammo. Oh, it was the big one. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, it didn't. Uh, he's not telling me anything about this. So I tried to move. Did you ever sleep in where you were paralyzed? That's what panic is. You're paralyzed. So I was able to finally push myself over to the edge of the bed and fell off. 
And as I did, I turned to where I hit the floor with my chin and my st stomach. And I did a push-up. If I'm going to have a real heart attack, I don't want to suffer very long. I want to get it over with. <laughs> I did a, one push-up, and I was about ready to do another one, and I no longer had a heart attack. If you get into panic, take a dra drastic action. Do whatever you can to get your mind off of yourself. Every one of these four judgments is about the self. And selfishness. And self-centered. Who's going to set this United States free if you're having the same attacks? You're called to have authority over this and set people free from it. Because what you're going to bring in is that harvest. This is authority and power. And everything that I've spoke to you, you've got authority over. I've seen people freeze. One time I was uh, putting a, a siding on a parachute tower, about 65 foot up in the air, on the scaffold. And a jet plane buzzed the thing, and man, it went like this. I reached in, gra grabbed hold of the building, grabbed hold of the scaffold. And when it quit shaking and everything, I couldn't turn loose. There are things in panic you can't turn loose of. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get free this first time? My hands have never obeyed my brain. <laughs> and I had an impression that I should start thinking about fishing. And my hands turned loose. If you get into panic, then start thinking about something real or get into this and start thinking about this. There's not any panic in here for you. These are the four judgments. These are the four things that's going to terrorize the unsaved. Your job and the authorities to set them free from it.